imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal with Conan Neutron and Josh Davis. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're gonna go on a killing spree with shot nails. Confidence of a hero or fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed it is. The on-air light is on, and we are indeed on the air and in yo face. You it's a are good thing. We're not in the round. We're not. <laughs> we're not in the round. We we would need to uh, get some uh, different different announcing styles, I believe. <laughs> I think so. For that, might need one of those Madonna mics. Mm, yeah, drum, you know, right on right on the face. Always just looking for an opportunity for the Madonna mics. Well, yeah, we? constantly. <laughs> Anyway, you're listening to the one, the only... Protonic Reversal. And we welcome you to it. Uh, of course, today we have an excellent guest. We have Mr. Hank Donovan yes. of the band Magpies and the Rattlesnake Cable Company. Let's which, get nerdy. Yeah, this is... this is I, I <laughs> the, the Amazing Konak, which is, which is my new fortune teller <laughs> name, foretells yes. some very nerdy gear discussions <laughs> to occur, folks. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's a practically a guarantee. Practically a guarantee. Just about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's up with you, man? What's up with you, Josh? Oh, Josh, joining me as always is Mr. Josh Davis, oh, uh, co-host with the Mostos. Hello, everybody. How are you? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm uh, you know, generally speaking, I'm well. I'm a little, uh, little sleepy, but I think I'm still recovering from uh, your 40th birthday. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good sign that everyone else are the, is the one recovering. Right? Yes, actually, I think you did it right. You did it right. Because I, I didn't take the whole day the next day off. I went into work, and it just threw off my whole schedule and yeah. sleep schedule and Woke up at 4.30 just uh, with the brain going and just couldn't quite get back to sleep. Oh, so I hate that where you just like, it's, it's like, like hey, let's talk about quadrants and yeah. every weird thing you've ever said, like, and at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and uh, what's that song? Why is that song yeah, still going? Uh, 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 that, all right. No, I don't need that. It's not exactly Although, what I was looking to be doing right now, but all right. I will say it was a hell of a song. I uh, discovered... Um, um, this, this uh, Italo disco song. I don't know if you're familiar with Italo disco very much at all. It was a genre. I was gonna say, is that a genre? Is that a band? Is that a person? It was a genre okay. that happened in the '80s. Italo uh, disco. Obviously, obviously from Italy. Right. Um, One would hope. You know, dancing. Or it could be like Italo disco UK. Yeah, <laughs> that is possible. <laughs> that is. I'm sure it happened along the way. Uh, but do you remember the the song Tarzan Boy at all? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, in yeah. fact, uh, that. Is a Talo disco. Okay. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So there's a whole thing, like there's a whole scene that's like this. Um, oh, yeah. Bring it up. Go ahead. This will be your, your bed for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a different song that I discovered. Um, actually, which we might want to switch to. It's called. Okay. It's called. Uh, it's, uh, I'll switch to it after it hits the, it gets the hook. Yeah, we got to get the hook. How, how, how come some rapper hasn't latched onto this? Or has some rapper. Yeah. 
like so you know simple uh, you know pretty sparse actually for, for a pop song um, but if you look up uh, Valerie spelled normally uh, and then D-O-R-E and then Night is it Sad Night? yes okay. you'll see the official video which is on YouTube and it the song is really lovely mm-hmm. beautiful song this video is just Bat shit nuts. So it's too bad this is an audio-related program. But I encourage everyone but to go every, look it up. Everyone, you can, just, you can turn this show now. off and uh, look, look, look it up on YouTube, I guess. You know, when, you're, when, you're, when we're done with the show. Yeah. yeah. When we're, listen we're done. Not now. You can listen. Especially yeah. not if you're driving. Cut that out. And the, the, the singer, who is not actually the singer of the band at this point, she became the singer eventually. She's lip-syncing. She's okay. totally rocking the, the 80s Madonna okay, style. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but behind her are uh, our fellow uh, keyboards and fellow on drums. These wow! Extremely yeah, those are haircuts. those are some extreme haircuts and sure. uh, with like Renaissance sort of dressed, and then yeah. there's a couple in the backgrounds are sort of dancing or not. Yeah, this it's is pretty emblematic of the times. I feel amazing. Like, it's a little bit further off because it's it's got this performance art aspect, particularly in her like very emphatic lip syncing. Mm, yeah, and the dancing. And so she was not the the uh, this one was, was not the uh, original the singer. No, no, it's just, just it's like a studio project. Okay, gotcha. So it's like a it's like a military or a, or a, a other things. I don't know. Okay. So yeah, yeah, this bit of esoteria just bouncing around your head. Yes, and it's just it's, you know it's a catchy tune, and there it stood from from four thirty until the eleven o'clock. I will stay here as long as I want. <laughs> But luckily, I didn't get the, the visuals in my head because that would have been. I don't even know. Yeah, and it's, and it's, uh, you're never sleeping again. And that's, you know, that's true. So that was my night, and that's All how right. I am. Good. <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. You know, I, mean, I, that's a, I guess there's work ways to be kept up. I keep you I feel like people worrying about bills or like this uh, is true. The incoming nuclear annihilation or something. Yes, in terms, in terms of in terms of the things that are prancing around in one's head in the yeah. middle of the night. This is pretty fine. Yeah, I'm 40. How the fuck did that happen? Hey, hey, look at that. <laughs> How did it happen? The next one? Yeah, you know, it's, it, I don't know, it feels about the same, I guess. It doesn't really feel that much different. It feels a little different. I wouldn't think so. It's, no, it's notable. It's weird to feel like, oh, I guess I'm middle age, huh? Yeah. All right. I mean, it's okay, because like, like, I'm looking at everyone's top 10 list, and I'm uh, just like, I'm like, I, I either, it's either like I don't know that, or I fucking hate that. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Almost without me. Wow. Like, and then, like, uh, you know, the Blake Miller, too. Like, yeah, I like that. Okay. Yeah, that one's good, but it wasn't my favorite. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, the, the, the world at large. Yeah. Not, not the world ah, I haven't even looked at that stuff. Well, uh, this is probably an excellent time to promo the fact that the Protonic Reversal Top 10 Records of 2017. So, coming up pretty, pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, I guess? I don't know. Uh, uh, whenever we get time. Whenever you get time to do it, yeah. My list is ready. It's, it's yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that. That will be that'll be just like last year. I think last year was first time. Yeah, maybe. Uh, that will definitely be podcasted and broadcasted and written up for people because people still like written text for lists. Yeah. Copy and paste. It might just be that. <laughs> maybe I, it is. I, I don't this know. And drag this over to another window. Yeah. It's just uh, it's just one of those things, I guess. So the Bertana Commercial uh, top. Uh, <laughs> Records 2017 coming up. Valerie <laughs> uh, is a door. I think it's maybe Dore. Dore. Yes. Italian. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There, so. I think it's. I think it's like it actually was meant to be like a Valerie, Valerie Dore. Like it's. It's a phrase that I don't know. 
427 comments. Oh, that's it? Yeah. That drummer don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fact. That, that man, he has, he's dressed uh, very uh, 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 flamboyantly and has uh, very tall hair and an extremely dead look on his face yeah. the entire time. It's just here I am in this video. Some of these are very vulgar. I'm not even oh, dear. I'm not well, that's that. YouTube for you. Yeah, you can't well. look at the comments. <laughs> Never look at the comments. Oh. Well, look, the comment section is running the country now, okay? so <sighs> well, but Enough about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's talk more about me. My birthday show was great. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, Foxface, uh, form- former and recent guests of the yes. show uh, were wonderful. I thought that was a great set from them. Uh, they yeah, had, they had a new song that was just hot fire. Yeah, it had like the, the Drive Like Jehu breakdown. It was, uh, it was the, I forget what the name of it was, but Lindsay Degert said it was um, like after the stuff they use in crime scenes to find... You know this, the stains or whatever. Like, oh, it's the name of that chemical. Oh wow! I want to say it's like like lumen or luminol, luminol or something, but it's probably not. Uh, but anyway, that was great. <laughs> I did not know that. I didn't know the title of it at all. Well, yeah, and she and she was like, "Oh yeah, if you watch those crime shows, they're always talking about it." I'm like, "Oh, I can't stand those shows." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but Lindsay loves them, so I still see a good amount of them. I'm usually mocking them or something. Yeah. Uh, the they're ubiquitous. You can't. Really they are. Them. It's it's sort of it's like oral wallpaper. Yeah. Uh, then uh, the, the the magic of Justin Purcell, man, that was fucking cool. Magic, yeah, that was like, oh my god, like you know, there were there were tricks that you kind of was like, yep, that's a great trick, that's a yep. really good trick, and then he You're pulled like, a fucking shot and a beer. Fuck, did you do that? Yeah, <laughs> out of a, out of that? an empty bag, yeah, a tiny empty bag that barely yeah. f- that didn't even fit the pint. Yeah, that was that's uh, ridiculous. That was that was some that was some crazy whack stuff. Yes, I highly recommend. Highly recommend the magic of Justin Purcell. Uh, also, a uh, drummer of the cell phones. Yes, too. Multi- multi-talented, multi-talented that man. Guy knows how to do stuff. He does know how to do stuff. Stuff that I don't know how to do. Uh, he, yeah. <laughs> nor I, nor I. No. And then there was Conan Neutron, the Secret Friend set. That can was... we talk a little bit about your jacket? Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was we a can. Hell of a hell of a coat there, buddy. <laughs> like a rhinestone cowboy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the the incredibly divisive uh, show jacket that was debuted, yeah. Oh, it was boss, man. Yeah, I, I, I I'm like there, there's no, I was like no waffles. This is badass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm for it. I'm like that's ridiculous. That's the point. Of course, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't you know, a, a, a jacket like that should be ridiculous? Yeah, you don't, I, you, don't, you don't want to understate that shit. I, I believe it's staying around. It's probably gonna be accessorized. Um, yeah, there, there's a couple pictures floating around. If, yeah. you're, if you're interested enough, you can find it. I mean, it's good through the winter anyway. I don't know. In the summer, you might just sweat through that thing. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how long it lasts. Uh, <laughs> I'm switching it up. Like like I said, once Rick Nielsen starts taking your your, your thing, it's time it's time to do something else. Take a little that's, turn. Yeah, that's why I was doing the military get ups for a while, but that was kind of a stopgap too. So we'll see. We'll see if this sticks. I got, I got some other stuff going on. So. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's cool. If you're not interested in the music, you can always just see what I'm wearing. <laughs> Bringing a little something for everybody. That's yeah. that's you know that's good. That's good. If you want to say what a see what a sweaty middle aged man with loud guitars <laughs> is wearing this season, boy. There you go. Do I have the uh, the shows for you, <sighs> man? <laughs> And then, of course, the mighty God Eaters. Uh, God Eaters decimated with... the place. I like the only thing we talked about about my music was like literally the jacket I wore. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows. We all know. You yeah, played a good did. set. Yeah, it's, it's it was fine. It was yeah. loud. It was what it was exactly what you think it is. Yeah. yeah. But the God Eaters with a with saxophone, which I've, was... I've seen them do that uh, one other time. It's, it's okay. awesome. That Badass. was new to me. It was it was yeah. really adding a, a very interesting dimension. 
uh, just 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 yeah. you know taking that space or you know the, the space that their music, which is pretty dense generally, mm-hmm. uh, and just kind of opening it up and bring you know putting out some new uh, some new directions there, and that was really cool. Yeah, like I feel like it, it kind of because um, they have a sort of psychedelic aspect to what they do, and I feel like I was like, oh, it really hits on that kind of like without sounding anything like the Stooges, really kind of hits into that yeah. sort of like psychedelic aspect of of the Stooges. Yeah, it's funny how like they do have that psychedelic aspect, but it's not mm-hmm. really any of the regular trappings. It's just that it's it's almost like um, it's just so dense, and it's just like it just like it, it's it's enveloping in yep. that way. Yep, yep, yep. As opposed to the usual like stuff that I very much enjoy, like you know your tremolos and your delays. Mm-hmm. And, like there is that kind of stuff, but like it's it's incidental to like just kind of the attack of right. it and just the 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 swallowing. You get swallowed up in their in their in their sound. Absolutely, say. absolutely, and and I feel like uh, the. I think like the band that they kind of remind me of the most is probably the Minutemen, but not in the ways that most bands that remind me of the Minutemen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do. And there's yeah. probably a more apt analogy, but they, I mean they're, they're like most of my favorite bands. They pretty much just sound like them. Yeah, and uh, they're wonderful at it. Yeah, they were they were fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was that was a great set. That was that was I mean it's it's everything I wanted for my birthday. Yeah, you, but, I, you were playing some some rad tunes, and I was I was loving every was every one of them. And, <laughs> You put together a good show there, buddy. Lindsay's pointing out, oh, he's just playing stuff that you'd play. I'm like, that's the point. Well, <laughs> and also, yeah. that's not exactly true. But no, <laughs> it, all was, it all was awesome. She should, you know, she was there later. She would have heard some some things you definitely would not play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, unless you're into the Suzanne Vega, I don't remember. <laughs> um, I don't have strong feelings one way or the other. Yes. Right. It was my first opportunity to take that. I got a vinyl copy of my favorite album first, mm. 99.9 Fahrenheit Degrees. Okay, yeah. First yeah. opportunity to play that at any sort of volume, and it was fantastic. Thing sounds good. What uh, have you heard the story? How like that one Suzanne Vega song is like the first song they used to test MP3s. Oh yeah, the encoding process. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting story. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm not going to tell it, but it's an interesting story. You can, you can, you, you can, can look look that up Google in your fucking Wagnalls. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Take uh, that, Ruth Buzzy. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> let's let's listen to a Magpies tune. Uh, actually, coming up after this, we're going to play we're going to play something that's actually been a long time coming for this show. Uh, that I don't even remember what episode this started in, but I, I got something of it today. Uh, should I intro it? I'll, I'll intro it. So we'll listen to uh, Winter Kill by uh, Magpies. This is it. Hank Donovan and company. Goes a little something like this.
Magpies with Winter Kill off of the Annex record. A uh, kind of one that, uh, let's just put it this way. I haven't seen it on anybody's list yet, but I listen to it quite a lot. Make of that what you will. Well, well. Is, it, <laughs> is this foreshadowing? Oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, that features, of course, Mr. Hank Donovan, our, uh, our guest coming up in uh, probably about like t- t- 10 minutes, something along those lines. Somewhere in there. So I'm going to play, the next thing I'm going to play is a uh, it's going to be a premiere, Radio Noble World premiere. And this is off of a EP that uh, uh I guess actually it might be an album at this point. How many songs are on this thing? 8. 8 songs. Could uh, that, be a mini album. That the band B Hamilton from Oakland put together uh to raise money, I think I can't remember exactly what it was, but <laughs> I honestly don't remember because it was so f- Freaking long ago, <laughs> uh, that the idea was you would like pick a cover song for them to sure. do, right? And of course, some people went really like um, really earnest. Like, there's like a Rocky Erickson song. There's like a like a um, Afghan wig song. Like, you know, good good suggestions, yeah. but like like yeah. earnest suggestions. Mm. I of course turned into a bit for the show. <laughs> <laughs> left it up to the audience. Naturally, I wish that there was a um, much, much, uh, <laughs> m- many suggestions, both great and terrible. <laughs> a- and coming from the idea that, like, w- w- like with a with a cover song, are you trying to like what are you trying to do with a cover song? Like, right. Are you trying to just like pay homage to a great song, or are you trying to take like a kind of a crappier or or dumb song and like make it kind of cool, mm-hmm. or like just to put a different take on it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? The Song that was picked by the Protonic Reversal listening audience back in that episode, I want to say 38. <laughs> so that was a long time ago. Yeah. That was like 70 episodes ago. Yeah. <laughs> roughly. Uh, I want to say, I think it, it might not, it might have been a Neutron and Gristy show. I don't remember. At least one of them. One of them I had Brennan. I want to had Evan on as a co host. I, I don't really remember. It, it was that long ago. Jeez. Well, they finally freaking finished it. <laughs> And I'm going to play it for you. Indeed, indeed, folks. What's coming up next uh, before before we talk to Hank is a uh, none other than a... This is a Radio Nope world premiere. And this is B. Hamilton playing the... Uh, we're not gonna, we cannot possibly call it a classic Genesis song, but the Genesis song, I Can't Dance. Whew. Yep. And here we go. <laughs>
there it is. That, that was the uh, 70 episode uh, wait. <laughs> Worth the wait. <laughs> Worth, Worth the, the wait. wait. For uh, the B. Hamilton fundraiser, uh, pick a cover song, and we were total dicks and decided to pick one of the least awesome Genesis songs <laughs> in the history of, of, of mankind. Redeemed. Redeemed. Yeah, redeemed. Yes. I, I dig it. It's a good. Uh, it's a it's a good rendition. Like we we were talking talking a bit during the break about it. Like you know, it's like that's definitely in the let's put our own spin on this. Yeah, it got break. very uh, southwestern. It did, and that that's that's a thing that they do. They, well, they, yeah, there is like people focus heavily on the uh, the pixies and the and the shoegaze as, aspect to what they do, but there's there's some desert rock in there too. Yeah, which I can see. Yeah, yeah for I, sure, for I, sure. I, game recognize game. There's a little <laughs> desert rock in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. There's this uh, when that comes out. I don't know when the hell that's coming out, but uh, hopefully when hopefully when it does, we can have uh, Ryan on the show. Uh, we got Needle in the Camel's Eye by. Um, uh, fucking Eno. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Amarillo by Morning, which is George Street, I I'm guess. I'm excited to hear that one. Uh, Two-Headed Dog, which is uh, the Rocky, Rocky Erickson. Erickson. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, Summer's Kiss, the Afghan wig song. Mm-hmm. That's just pretty legit. Uh, I didn't look up that. Revolution Blues by Neil Young. Yep. And Jesus Left Birmingham. Jesus Just Left Birmingham <laughs> by John Mellencamp. John Mellencamp, yeah. Was that during the Cougar years? Or was uh, that, uh... I, I, I do not know. That's I, okay. I, I, You're I, not, it's okay. I'm not the ultimate authority. I'm sorry. You know, you know, I just wondered if you did. You don't have to. <laughs> Again, there are other things you can do with your brain. There is, and there's a lot of information I'm trying to pack in there, so I, I feel okay with not knowing that particular one. Uh, we're going to play a song. We're going to play another Magpie song, then we'll be back with uh, Hank Donovan of uh, Magpies and Rattlesnake Tables.
right, and there we are. That's Magpies with next three exits, and uh, <laughs> almost nailed it. God damn it! That was. Uh, Do you see my like move I had? I you had a whole like. I'm pushing like five buttons on the mixer at once. Yeah, I'm playing it like a keyboard. <laughs> Take uh, whatever, that 10 dude. cc's. Yeah, no, that's why it's not a video show. Yeah. And uh, uh, joining with us uh, over the, the magic of the phone and internet, we have uh, Mr. Hank Donovan. Hank, how you doing, man? I'm good. How you doing? Great. Let me... The, the, oh. Uh, I, I think the studio, the studio audience's mic got messed up. Oh, that'll happen. <laughs> that'll happen. <laughs> Well, uh, we're we're lo- we're glad to have you here. Let's uh, let's try that again, guys. Come on, let's let's do this. <laughs> There's the. Button. There we go. All right, all right. That's this this bit is running thin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so great to have you on the show, man. Thanks thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. We, uh, Happy birthday, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, I, I made it. <laughs> it's it's a uh, yeah. Everyone was wondering, and the answer is yes, I did make it. Thank you. <laughs> It's actually right. a very adult affair. Not in that there was like adult scenes or anything, but like just a you know it was it was, it was fun, yeah. great rock and roll. Like the the least adult thing is that it happened on a Tuesday on my actual birthday. Yeah, that was. Hey. Yeah, but what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? I, I had, yeah, I had I had a stupid idea and I stuck with it. <laughs> Go to Neutron Story. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go! But enough about me, Hank. How you doing, man? Uh, it's all good here. We just yeah. split, we just played a couple cuts off of your uh, you guys' record uh, Annex that came out earlier this year. I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but you should check it out. <laughs> yeah, I'll make a note. Yeah, uh, great record. I think it's a uh, it's one that a lot a lot hey. of people should check out if they haven't already. If I haven't made that explicitly clear, I, I listen to it quite often, especially in a driving environment. I think it's a good driving record. Oh, excellent. That's right. Uh, so what's what's going on in Magpie's world? Man, like, what's happening? Well, you know, we just, uh, I think we might have played the last show of the year. Uh, I think we're kind of waiting for a New Year's Eve kind of uh, finalization. But if that falls through, we just played our last show for 2017 last weekend or two weeks ago. And, uh, yeah, got a new drummer uh, this year. I guess he's not new because it's been a year now. But uh, um, that's been good. And, you know, writing some new stuff. Was this the fellow that, that I saw you play with in uh, in Oakland, or is this a different different guy? No. Okay. Different one. All yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. It's uh, his name's Aaron. He's he's a he's a totally cool dude and good fit. And uh, you know, it's uh, definitely a, a good drummer for the slot that you know that we had open. Um, and the thing about it now is we can focus on writing again. Right. And that was, there, you know, was a, there was kind of some, uh, some a little, eh, a little bit of uncertainty just with not having that strong base to uh, kind of move forward. I remember hearing about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now you guys for the last, you know, year was like, okay, let's learn the old songs so we can play a set and, right. and, you know, play shows and stuff. So now, now we're finally actually writing stuff and, you know, um, Aaron's not just trying to figure out other drum parts. He's like making his own, and you yeah, know, and that's exciting. That, that's where the band's powerful when it's, you know, we're all kind of just doing our own thing, right? Moving forward, you know. Well, and yeah. it's interesting. Like, I mean, Missoula is is a town that I, I've always long enjoyed playing at and visiting that just you know kind of seems very vibrant and cool but also it, it's easier to kind of mistake it for a bigger town than it is too so oh yeah so it's almost like it would seem like you don't all are like have the same 
pool that you would have if you were in like you know New York or Los Angeles or San Francisco or even like yeah. a, you know like a Milwaukee or Chicago. Instance, or Chicago. Yeah. yeah, like it's so it's interesting to me when uh, when I when I find really good bands that come from awesome cities like that. Like it's it's always interesting to me like see how they operate and like see. Uh, you know, there, there's a certain amount of change that has to be weathered just by being a, you know, I mean, I hesitate to say small town band, but kind of a, you know, smaller city band. Small city band. Yeah, small city band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, it's where you're talking about the pool, too. It's, I mean, it's in this town, I mean, sharing musicians is quite a common thing, you know, where it's like you'll meet a bass player in five bands and, you know, drummer, it's drumming in three bands and, it's just, you know, everyone's trying to make something work. And I like the fact that people are open to, you know, uh, devote some time to other projects and, um, you know, just, just to keep things moving forward as far as the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one of those things, like, in a big city. I mean, I know that happens in the big city, too. But, you know, the fact that, you know, you only have X amount of drummers in Missoula. I mean, you can right. count them. Right. <laughs> so... You know they're valuable. Everyone's everyone's valuable in their in, in their musical way. That you know, if, you, if you're trying to start a project, you're going to have to ask someone if they wanted to play in your band and maintain the other band and that kind of thing. You know, right, right. Yeah, and it's it's a uh, it's something where, but it almost seems like you you can kind of get some kind of cool communal aspects about that, some sort of communitarian ideals out of just. Oh yeah, you're not getting too wrapped up in your own thing necessarily, and kind of being able to give yep. a little bit of yourself to you know these your fellow friends and musicians around you. Yeah, sure. Yep, totally. And uh, you know, do, do you find are there like a lot of bands that like want you to play with them on like a Monday night, as a for instance? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why uh, I picked a Monday specifically. Actually, yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's like when it comes to like guitar players, you know, everyone plays guitar, right? right. So it's like there's never a shortage of guitar players. Mm. But, you know, when, when it's like drummers and bass players, it's always it's, just, it's funny that it's everyone's really desperate for picking up those pieces, you know, to finalize their band. The precious commodity, yeah. Totally. Well, and uh, it's it's interesting that you know Missoula being located where it is, where it's just far enough away from like major metropolitan population centers, but kind of like an easy enough and natural tour stop for folks as well. It seems like there's yeah. a good opportunity to play uh, for folks that you know maybe you wouldn't be able to get get on the opening or support slot in Portland, right? But you know, like oh yeah, of course, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll we'll ask Magpies. It would be yeah, let's have them. That'd be awesome. Yep. Yeah, you know, but then, you know, it's the thing with Missoula, it's definitely far away from everything, basically. Right. But, um, you know, it's like you're saying, every time a band comes through, if they're, if they're going from Seattle to, you know, Minneapolis or whatever, chances are they're, they're going to come through. But it's always going to be on an off night. You know, it'll always be like Monday night or, you know, Thursday night or something. Yeah. So you're going to play Seattle on Friday or, or, you know, they're working their way to Minneapolis or whatever. So it's always... It's always like when I was younger to see bands, I always thought it was so awesome. You see some amazing bands with like you know, venues that are tiny with hardly anybody in there. <laughs> right. You're like, wow, to see this, to see this band in here um, with 
25 people. It's like it's just blowing your mind. Yeah. And, you know, usually the band doesn't care because they're like, well, we'd be driving anyway. Yeah, exactly. You're, play, you're playing the show and it's you're still playing yeah. and you're having right. a fun experience, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and that seems like that would be like a relatively common occurrence just by nature of there not being as many people as these larger population centers, right? I mean. Yeah. Yeah, and also, you know, it's just like everything, the scene always changes, you know. It's, Missoula is totally based on the university here. So it's like, you know, every year there's a whole new crop of, you know, students coming in, and it just depends on, you know, how excited everyone is about the scene. So one year you'll have this amazing scene where everyone goes out to see live music, and then the next year it's like dead, and you'd be like, what is going on? And then the next year after that, it's, all better. It's just back on it's again. Easy. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to get all worried that it's the end of the world, but you just gotta wait till next year. Just, just the end of the <laughs> semester, like, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a new crop every year. You know, exactly. new crop of musicians, new bands that show up, and it's like it's. So you know, that's the thing. It's kind of nice about the town because it, it kind of like you know, uh, it, it it grows itself all over again. It reemerges every year. You don't know quite what it's going to be like next year. Mm. Um, which is also a bad thing, too, because you get a lot of friends that you make, and then, you know, after they graduate, then they then they move to L.A. or whatever to start their lives, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. While they're here, they're just going to school, and they're going to, you know, get drunk and play in bands, and then when they're done, they're going to, you know, be lawyers and do their thing. Poof goes And land. that's sad because, you know, yeah, you some, have good friends that move away. Yeah. Yeah. Some of us just continue to get drunk and play in bands, and that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what yeah. we do. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And then we just get better and better at it. Yeah. The one, drink, one of them. Yeah. We, we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least one, if not the other. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Missoula, uh, one of the things that I, I've kind of found so interesting about it with, with visiting it is that, you know, it's it, it kind of feels like there's a lot of, of people having that sort of the duocracy sort of attitude of like, well, I'm just going to do this thing and – you know, I'm not going to really necessarily ask for permission to do it. I'm just going to make it happen, which is something that, I don't know, I feel like yeah. there used to be a whole lot more of that, and I feel like I, there's a little less of that now. Like, people have, like, a little more, like, institutionalized and approved fun now than they used to. Maybe yeah. that's just me. I don't know. But Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, when I think, like, Montana in general, I mean, if you're going to do anything, you're going to have to figure out how to make it happen on your own there's never going to be just a thing where it's like, it's just there and it's just taken care of and it's just there. If you want to start a business, you really have to figure out how to, how to start a business. If you want to, you know, start an all ages club, or if you want to, you know, start a band, it's like, you kind of have to be all in. And that's the thing I've kind of always appreciated coming from like a, um, like a skateboard freestyling lifestyle from when I was in high school, where it was just, you know, everything was, DIY when you're doing zines and getting in bands and making posters and setting up shows and everything like that for skate shows. It just, it just lends itself to like when you're living in Montana and Missoula that you really have to just do it. And if you do it, it gets done. Hopefully if you just keep pushing and, and just get her done where I just feel like in a lot of places you go to it and it's like, wow, it's just this, Easy, everything's so easy. Right, you know? right. Every, the, and I get jealous. there, yeah. But, you know, like, we played a couple of shows in Minot. Have you, have you, did you guys ever go up to Minot? Oh, no, man, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. So when when I go to Minot and those guys that, you know, the um, uh, 
God, I can't remember the the name of the the Pangea Pangea mm-hmm. House. Mm-hmm. Is that what that thing is? Yeah. So, I mean, when I was there, I could not believe like how hard they had to work, and I felt guilty being in Missoula, <laughs> feeling I had it easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. I mean, it was like, yeah. you know, to get a show set in Minot and have those people show up and and help the bands and just be part of like a music thing way out there. Yeah. And I was just like, man, it's like I thought it was tough in Missoula, and it's it's like, oh, we have it so easy there compared By to here. Person, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it was just like, but I mean, then then you go to like a you know a big city or something, and you're just like, wow, it's just you know. It's, 20 bands playing on this block and, and you can select all these musicians and you can just do anything. You can just tour in a hundred mile radius and right. do all this stuff. You know, <laughs> you're like, yeah, Minot, Minot but, uh, North Dakota, by the way, population 48,743 people. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. But yeah, oftentimes you'll find too, and kind of, I kind of goes along with that, uh, that, you know, commitment level is that when you get to a smaller town where there are like, at least fairly regular shows like you find yeah like people are just really invested in the scene and going to shows yeah yeah i mean it's it's a it's a multi-part where it's like you, know, you have to have bands you have to have venues and you have to have people that are they're willing to support all of that right and right. it's like if you have one of those three things not super healthy then the whole scene kind of suffers right right, right. and if you have all three of those things it's, the scene just kicks ass so you know that's where Missoula, it's a, that's what I'm saying is, you know, sometimes we have a lot of venues. Sometimes you have a lot of people that are students that want to see live music. And sometimes we have a lot of bands and there's moments where all those three things equalize and it's like amazing. Nice. And then there's other times where one of those things are kind of not so great. And it's just like, everyone's kind of scratching their head going, what, where do we play? Or how come there's no one coming to shows or how come there's no bands? Right. Right. Um, but you know, you know, but, um, I think, I think a lot of people identify that as far as, you know, local scene people and, and when you have bands that are just, you know, just keep playing, just keep doing what you're doing yeah. and keep recording and don't worry about like the future of the scene and just wait for people to come around and hopefully venues start opening their, because we have this problem where venues will close doors. Like, you know, they used to have shows now they don't. Right. And right. then everyone's, Oh my God, where are we going to play? But then, like three more venues open up, and then, you know, it's just it's just this waiting game because there's opportunity to always there for, you know, dollar signs for a venue to sit there and say, well, now there's nowhere to play, and if we we're the only bar in town that has live music, we're going to be full. Yeah, and yeah, then everyone yeah, exactly. Under that, right? That's commerce, right? But yeah, I don't commerce. Think, <laughs> but yeah, I don't think uh, any of the times we played, I don't think we played the same place twice, and it was venues, you know, uh, regular bars and houses, and it was just like it's. You go wherever the show is, but at least it was somewhere. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's interesting, too, um, bands from Missoula, and I I always talk about the the difference between bands that, you know, whatever, play play their hometown and play locally versus bands that get out of town and and tour on whatever limited basis. And for for some cities, it's, it's very easy. It's very, you know, it's a very low barrier of entry, like... Living in Milwaukee now, it's a low barrier of entry to get to Chicago. It's a low barrier of entry to get to Minneapolis, to Madison. There's all these like yeah. awesome cities to go play. Uh, you know, even in California, if you are a band in the Bay Area, like it's ten hours to Portland, it's six hours to L.A. That's a bigger commitment mm-hmm. of, of, of time. Oh yeah. But all of that kind of pales in com- comparison. Like when you're in Missoula, it's like there's just there's just a lot of beautiful country, but it seems oh, yeah. like 
to be a touring band from Missoula, there's a level of effort there. I think that, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it requires like a higher buy-in. I, I, I think for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can play the game where it's like, okay, we'll just tour in Montana, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's fun. That's fine. And we do that. I mean, there's there's some great places to play. And but you know, really, to me. I'm just speaking for myself. I guess I really haven't, I mean, we haven't like sat down and talked about this as a band, but I mean, playing, playing like places like Seattle and Chicago in like Oakland last year or like this year. And then, um, seems like last year. It's like those, <laughs> yeah, it feels like, yeah. So it's like a couple of years ago, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but every week feels like a year at this point. So, <laughs> but I mean, the, the play places like that are like really satisfying for, for us or for me specifically to, to go to those places and, and, you know, see it playing, playing a venue and say, okay, we played in Seattle and in a lot of weird ways, like time and money are it, it pretty much the same. So it's like, like, let's just say if we're going to play Helena, which is an hour and a half away mm-hmm. and we're going to play that show that night, um, you know, we're going to have to leave at a certain time, get there, play the show. You know, we're going to have dinner. We're going to, spend the night, wake up in the morning, get breakfast and then drive back. Right. Well, that burns up two full days yep. to do that. Yep. Hell in a show. Right. So when we go play Seattle, that's nine hours away. That's the same. It's, it's basically the same amount of my day is wasted. So right. we play right. Seattle and come back. I burnt two days. Got, you know, there's now there's lunches involved. So there's probably two extra meals <laughs> and obviously more gas. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing the meal math <laughs> but, there, and know, I like it. Yeah, well, you got to factor that stuff in. But anyway, but you're, you're playing, but you're playing Seattle, and like, like, okay, that was pretty cool. Versus like, you know, playing playing places that are just a couple hours away, which is you know a, a smaller audience. You're gonna, you know, definitely some places will have people that are into your band, and other places that aren't even into like live music at all. Yeah. So right. you know, there there are those moments where it's like, well, would I rather play? a Seattle show on a Friday night or, you know, try to play, you know, somewhere else in, in Montana that we're trying to figure out where a good scene is because we love playing Missoula. I mean, that's, I mean, we don't play often to, you know, to totally burn out everybody here. So we play, you know, like once every couple, three months or something, but I mean, it's hard to find like, you know, a, a, a scene that's like, like the, like what we have in Missoula, you know, Bozeman's got right. something, going on and it's missoula but we played you know in great falls and haver and other little places and kind of see what there are and they, you know there's moments of like really awesome times and we definitely keep trying to hit those spots to see you know what the deal is and you know again by playing those places and it's like we're trying to encourage that scene in that town too you know mm-hmm. oh, yeah, going to sure. be local bands there you know it's, it's you know i just say we're not going to play anywhere in montana but but yeah, I mean, the, one of the, I can't remember what PR if it was, that we played in Chicago and we were driving from Missoula and we left, I don't know what time in the morning, it was in the morning and we stopped in a place called Lebo to spend the night and we're still in Montana. It's right on the border. <laughs> right. Cause the state's yeah. so like, huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we drove all day from the morning and we're tired and we still haven't left the state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they're like, God, it's just. It's huge. You would have crossed so like east, 10 states from the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to get go east is brutal. 
I mean, once we hit, you know, Minnesota and stuff, it's, it's like, you know, now you're having, oh, you know, shows every four, six, seven hours or right. whatever, you know, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's a commitment, um, to, to tour like that just to get out. Yeah. I mean, literally we just, we did a sled Island fest up in Calgary. Mm, yeah. And that was, was that? kind of like a, it was actually really cool. And I just couldn't believe I, I went, I went to Calgary. God, it was in the eighties was the last time I was there. Hmm. So I kind of forgot about how close this is seven hours away from oh, us, yeah. you know, the met, metropolitan city. And we're like, we've never, ever thought about going up to Calgary and it's seven hours away closer in Seattle. And, um, it was a great show, you know, it was, a, it was a great little festival they had up there. Not little, it's actually pretty big. And, <laughs> um, but, you know, pe- people oh, were... a great little super, festival you got here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's so cute. But, um, but uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was actually huge. It was like a three-dayer. And, but uh, people were awesome up there, and they're like, oh, we should put this on the map, you know? Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, but it's still, it's still seven hours away. Yeah. Yeah. And a border yeah. crossing. And it, it's like, yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's, it's, it's beautiful country to drive, but you know, at a certain point you're just like, Oh God, enough. It's enough. <laughs> yeah. I've, had, I've had enough of this right now. <laughs> well, and, and that's, uh, you know, th- there's a lot of, well, and that harkens back to the, the sort of like this Missoula idea of like, uh, I keep thinking about, you know, the, uh, Josh, Josh Vanek's, um, you know, the, the Mon fucking Tana line of products, oh, yeah. which is just so like, I was like, of course, if, if that didn't exist, that would have had to have been created for, for Montana. Cause it's such a Montana thing to just have like that, that state pride and like understand that like, yeah, the state's a little ridiculous, but fuck you. It's ours. <laughs> you yeah. know, like it's so cool. Yep. Yep. And part of that is it like yeah. wide open spaces, but also, wide open spaces. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, when you're when you're talking about, uh, and I, th- I don't think I'm giving a spoiler alert by saying you're a bit of a gearhead. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> so I like I like gear. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a reasonable thing for me to say that you're a bit of a gearhead. Uh, so, so how do you go about finding what what's right for you? Like what like what works for you? What what are, what are the what, what's your discovery process like when you're when you're finding something like whether it's like a new toy, like a new pedal, uh, the right guitar, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all all of the things that you do to find out what makes uh, you're playing what you want it to be. Well, I guess. I mean, let me think. So I think the way that I go about it is a little, little different than other people. Like I think a lot of people like to get something and then, and then get inspired and then go from there. And like, you know, like you get bored, like I need a new pedal. Once I get this new pedal, it's going to inspire a new song. I like to totally, I mean, that happens for me too. Don't get me wrong. But what I like to really do is think about what I want sonically right from the start. And I don't like to dick around with that. Like, I, I know what I want, and then from this point on, I know exactly what to get and or to research or to, or where to start exploring. So, like, Magpies, for instance, is a, is a super good example. Like, when I signed on to Magpies, I don't know, it was like four years, five years ago. Before that, I played uh, full stack 
um, oh no, Castac, uh with a Rivera amp. I played Travis Bean guitars or electrical. That was it. And I played like math rocky kind of heavier stuff. And, and that was very focused on that sound. So when Magpies came about <clears throat> and I was thinking, if I can get into this band, it would be awesome. And then when um, I pitched it to Tolan and Tolan thought it was a good idea, I was like, wow, that's cool. I really like this band because I, I, I would watch them. Yeah. And um, for that band, I remember thinking, like, I have to do a completely a complete gear overhaul, like new guitar, new amp, new cabinet, new pedals, the whole bit, because I knew exactly what sound would fit well with Magpies. So everything changed at that point. Like, so I knew exactly what pedals I wanted to get. I knew what head I wanted to get and what guitar I needed to play. And then I started piecing those for those parts. So now like for me, like I have all those pieces, so I'm not just going to be like, dead in the water like i am content i've figured out you know everything and it's <laughs> awesome right it's like mm-hmm. now i mean now there's points where it's like okay i wish i had um like i have channels on my amp that gives me a mul- two two different flavors of distortion i have like a, a high gain boost pedal for like leads and whatnot but i was like man i wish i had like a like a medium grit kind of overdrive kind of thing for like maybe like heavier rhythm, but not loud rhythm, you know? So it's like now I'm kind of like isolating to a couple like medium gain overdrives. So it's like, that's the way I kind of like to go about it. Like I feel like there's something I'm missing. I identify it. And then I'm going to sit there and say, okay, what, what's going to sound the best for that slot? Hmm. Um, you know, there's moments where I do get like, a, I was like someone let me borrow a pedal or, um, you know, I have like a, a blog about gear so it's like I'll get stuff to try out. Oh yeah, yeah. And sometimes I'll get I'll get something. And I'm like, oh my god! And it's like a total, like, this is amazing. I just wrote a song. I just played this pedal for like five minutes, right? Yeah. Well, it's it's hard that to told- uh, it's hard to uh, envision pre envision gear that you you know you don't know what it's going to sound like or what exactly it does. Yeah. 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 Especially when you get one it starts getting weird. Yeah. You know, it's like I mean, if you want like traditional drives and you know. I mean, just like, you know, just like if I was saying, if I wanted to be in like a certain style of band and I wanted aluminum guitar, I mean, you can identify like what that's going to sound like. You can identify what a right. Travis Dean bass sounds like, right? And, you know, you're going to figure out like, well, if that's the direction you want to go, like I can't afford a bean or whatever. It's like, okay, I need to figure out how to get something to get that clangy bass in there. What kind of, you know, I want to get a Vrelin amp that does this, you know, and um, you start putting it, and that's, I'm just saying like big, wide uh, brush strokes of like saying, this is the direction I want to go in. Gotcha. Um, if you want to go in smaller points, that's where it's like, I think, harder to find out unless you like try some pedals out and get inspired, I guess. But um, I mean, for Magpies, there's definitely like a certain role that I wanted to play in the band. There's a certain kind of guitar sound I wanted to have where, I didn't like fight with Colin sonically. Yeah, it's, it's very complimentary. You know, you know, I would say like, it's very, yeah. it complements each other. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know, it's like, that's, that's, you know, spending time because also that band Magpies was a three piece for like a million years. 
So when I came in the band, that's the first thing I did. It's like, don't screw this up. Like, don't screw this band up. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you don't want to put too much salt in the sauce. Like, you just, you got to ease in there and figure out your parts that we can work together. And I knew, especially with uh, Sam and Tolan, that they, they were so together for so long that they have their way of doing things where I'm, I'm used to playing in different bands and different musicians. And I knew, I know how to just kind of like, pick my parts and like kind of poke through on certain things where I didn't want to affect the, the overall vibe of what they already had going on. Right. So now it's different because now that was when I got in, I had to like learn their catalog and figure out how to take these three piece songs and make them four piece songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where now it's like, you know, it's, it's when we're writing, we're all writing. So there's no like concept of like, you know, like I don't want to step on your, your part that you you've had written for 10 years right <laughs> it's like we're both writing it together right and it's like it, it, it either works or it doesn't and it's fully so integrated that, that's right yeah fully integrated yep well and it's, it's interesting too that i mean that's kind of like one of the first things i noticed after uh you know because i heard about you guys for years before i ever actually heard you uh mutual friend john yingling would just would oh, yeah. constantly go on about, oh, Conan, you need to listen to Magpies. I'm like, okay. I'm like, no, but you need to do it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's like, but really yeah. do it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but Bill Yingling. Yeah, and then uh, former guest of the show. I haven't talked to that guy in forever. Uh, but then yeah. I finally saw you guys. I'm like, ah, yeah, he was right. It was rad. <laughs> <laughs> and part of it is that I felt like there was, like there's a chance to, like when, when there's that sort of um, – kind of noisy already a little psychedelic aspect to things i think there's a lot of bands that kind of go for for the excess <laughs> a little bit mm-hmm. is maybe the the kind way to put it and i kind of feel like there there's uh if not utilitarian there's definitely a a sense of purpose to how things fit together that i i kind of admire and i think it, it serves the songs well and uh-huh. it's it's not something that like I don't know, you, you when you get two guitars going, just in general. <laughs> oh yeah, it it tends to be too much. You, <laughs> you know, unless it's yeah. almost too much is the point. You know, and, and <laughs> exactly. like exactly, yeah. And sometimes it is, and that's lovely as well. But mm-hmm. I, like I, I admire the restraint. Like it, it seemed very like to the point that like I wasn't immediately sure where you guys were coming from necessarily. Obviously, I had my touchstones, but that may be like a yeah. good uh, good follow up question is like when we talk about guitar and playing like who who are the 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 folks that influenced you to kind of uh kind of find your own voice like what where are the the places that you're coming from with that like not just the gear but the players yeah well i always call it roots rock which is kind of funny because it's like like when i learned how to play guitar i i was i just i got my first guitar the as a graduation present from high school so that was the first time i held the guitar and at that time and i mean not i mean i still am super into it like post-punk stuff mm. pure bauhaus mm. gothy stuff i was so so into it i still listen to it all day i mean i still listen to joy division every day <laughs> but um um like you do. <laughs> but so but but as as years go by um uh, like those first songs were the very first songs I ever learned how to play guitar on. The Cure, the, I mean, A Force by the Cure was the first song I ever learned how to play. Ah, mm, gotcha. And so, 
years go by, I'm not into the cure anymore. I'm not into goth, you know, it's grunge years. It's whatever, you know, it's shellac. It's all these things. But then it's like, it's, it's funny that I'll start playing something and I'm like, God, what's that? This part reminds me of something. And it's like, Oh yeah, it's a cure song. Like it just, it just comes out. Like there's little, little things that are like, like in my DNA now from listening to that crap, you know, my senior in high school that it still just comes out. It's stuck. (laughs) And, and, uh, so like make pies, I mean, I'll, I'll sit there and say, Oh, that leads a total cure lead. Like that's a total like rip off of the cure, right? you know, but I'm like, no one's going to get it. It's like, whatever. But I know, I know that's pictures of you. Right. (laughs) Right. But, but the rest of the, I know that's there, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And, and there's parts where I'm like, I'm going to do this like weird little noise. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And then it's like, nah, that's, that's totally Bauhaus. That's a swing <laughs> from Bauhaus, you know? And but you're when like, it fits yeah. in with the rest of the music, it doesn't necessarily have yeah. that that, yeah. that uh, overall effect. So that's, that's and that's yeah. kind of what makes makes it interesting and, and kind of makes, you know, the, the recipe yeah. that, that makes like what you guys do. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's not like. You know, I don't think we sound like The Cure or we don't sound like Bauhaus. And, and like, you know, Tolan's got his, you know, he's got his things and Sam's got her things. And everyone's got their little, you know, deep down DNA pieces that they're just like slipping in there that are like, you know, which I think is, instead of like fighting that, I, I just totally just commit to it and say, well, I don't care if it's, I don't care if that's a Cure ripoff. You know, I, I didn't like pull up the cure tab to put into the song. I just know that right. <laughs> those two notes in that order sound like the cure. Yeah. You know? Sure. But sure. yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely, um, uh, like early, early stuff. I mean, later on, you know, it's, you know, like I definitely have, uh, you know, uh, musicians that I totally, you know, admire. So, you know, especially in the nineties, you know, I was, you know, very, very much into, you know, Albini stuff, you know, Pixies was a huge thing, Sonic Youth, of course, you know. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of that stuff where it's like, I never learned to play any of that. Like, I never, you know, like, you didn't sit like down took it, it apart. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, I, I can feel that's part of it, you know. It's just the- there was that point where I, I've talked to other people about, like, when I was in high school and I was like, very obsessed with music, which I think I am still today, oddly enough, but there was that moment of purity when you didn't know how to play guitar. You're not a musician. You just love the song. Right. And you don't even know why you love it. You just, <laughs> you don't even know like why it's cool. You don't even know why that riff is the anything. You don't even right. know anything. Yeah. And then, then you become, you get a guitar and then you start figuring it out. And go, oh, that's what they're playing. And then it, it takes away the magic in a weird way. Like you see, you, you look behind the curtain, you know, when you start figuring out people's songs and, and you're like, ah. Oh. And now when I listen to music, I'm like tearing it apart in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, what are they playing right there? Oh, what's that effect? Oh, you know, and it's like instead before, I would just like listen. Like, you know, so it's always kind of a weird. I listen as a musician now and where before I used to just listen as a music lover. So do you feel like it's harder to kind of find that find that place where you kind of let go and have the, the abandon of just listening to it as a thing rather than a constituent parts? Oh, yeah. I don't think I could ever get it back. Hmm. I think it's gone. I mean, go to a live show. I'm just looking at like what they're playing. Oh, that's a good trick. Or, <laughs> Oh, that amp sounds amazing. You know, it's like, hmm. I'm just, I'm just processing all the data and trying to put it in its little slots in my head to, you know, like quantify the song. 
or quantify the live experience. Hmm. It's just weird where, you know, when you don't know anything, you just listened and smiled. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, I can kind of, I can kind of still, I feel like I, like I know what you mean and I can relate to that too, but I can off, I feel like I can kind of, there are certain times when I can hook back, hook back into it where it's like, particularly from a songwriting point of view, where I'll listen to something and just be like, yeah. I can't, how do you sit down with an instrument and figure it, like, <laughs> right. figure this, out this how is, that. This is what comes out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, when that baffles me, I can still hook into that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think that, I think that, I mean, maybe if I think of it that way, um, you know, I should, I should try more of, like, that as a exercise. <laughs> like, just listen to music and just listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, because the first thing you listen to, you go, I hate this or I love it. And then and then there's like that weird, like, I'm not sure. And then then it's like, I'm always trying to figure out, like, why do I like it? Like, why is that part so good? <laughs> right, right. What is that? You know, it's like, you're going to see, I'm just in this conversation. I just I just go down that hole, you know. But I don't know. It's just my psychosis, I guess. <laughs> well, and so so where did where did the Rattlesnake Cable Company uh, come out of would that, that just come out of you like kind of a, like looking at all the gear around and and, and kind of seeing uh, like a void or like were you just like i've got this idea for these weird uh, cables like what was it <laughs> where, did, where did it come from well i mean there was a there was a few years ago i was i was making these i mean i, I was i deal with computers all day it's kind of like that's that's kind of my job it, that drives me nuts but it's like it's it's my job and there was a point where I was getting really into um, electronics. I wanted to learn about electronics. And nothing to do with music. I, I got into these things called BEAM robots. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what BEAM stands for anymore. But they're like biometric. They're like little tiny robots that you, um, you take parts from existing things like a tape player or something. Like you take the motor out, put a capacitor on it hook up a solar panel to it mm. a transistor and it looks like a little roach and as the light shines on it it moves as the capacitor charges up and releases oh wow wow and it, they're these little weird things right and you kind of make them i thought they were fascinating i was like oh it'd be cool to have a bunch of these just rolling around the house like just <laughs> and, like they'll speak sunlight because they need it and you, yeah. pro- you can tell there's no programming there's no computer interface there's no remote control but it's designed to like by the circuit like oh, you can make it seek light. And when it finds light, it soaks up the light and fills up like a little battery. And then it discharges. And when it discharges, it's discharging energy to go seek more light. Huh. And it, it's just infinite. It'll just, no battery, it'll just do its thing. And uh, so I got into soldering and that was super fun. And then I went into um, like electronic little kits. And then one day I was like, oh, I'll do some pedals. And I got into pedals and... Uh, eventually got into some cable stuff kind of just for me i was just going to make some cables for myself and from there um i had some cables and a couple of friends of mine saw them like hey where are those and i was like oh i just made these and like hey make me some and made them some and then you know and it's turned into kind of like a semi-serious hobby of making cables and, and selling them and whatnot and two years ago i was like okay now we finally got a demand and there's a market and you know, I have like a little bit of branding and people are aware. So we formed a legit LLC business for it and then kind of went super all in on it. And 
that's that's where I went. So it's kind of uh, unintentional. Basically, I wanted half of my day where if I was sitting down on a computer all day and I got irritated, I could just stand up and then walk over to my little shop spot and I could solder and stand and yeah. do something that wasn't something virtual. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's how it started. But now it's a thing. So now I work all day on the computer and then I work all night in cables. And, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so now it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, I'm like sometimes I'm scratching my head, going, "What? What am I doing?" And like I got like literally two full time jobs now. Right, and, right. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's it's great, inter- you know, interacting with musicians and um, seeing seeing cables going places around the world and everything. And I I I very stoked on the business and the fact that it can meld in my music stuff. Like it's it's. You know, I love, you know, obviously I love talking gear and I like talking to musicians and now I have people coming over and, you know, we talk about cables and wiring up pedal boards and, you know, it's just, it's super awesome. I mean, it's like kind of a dream job. I just got to make it so it makes money and then, <laughs> and then it could be like a, pro- a professional dream job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's, so that's like, I, I mean, you managed to do a thing with Rattlesnake that I, I don't think I ever really gave too much thought to cables before oh, yeah. like i never like i it was always just hey i broke another one let's go buy like the cheapest thing that they have at this local music yeah. store on tour you know like i just yeah I, my only concern was is that going to be long enough to reach the amp right <laughs> yeah <laughs> and is it is it right angle or, or straight and like well is yeah. that, that, that's it that's all i ever thought about them for like years and years and years yeah but then to see yeah, like to, to see like like the the sort of art that you that you bring to it and then the presentation and to kind of like make it something that's like oh yeah this is this is like a handmade object this is something that's that's just as important if you stop and think about it as like you know the guitar yeah. or the amplifier <laughs> as far as like providing the uh, the conduit to to creativity but it's something that just is not often as often thought of. And it's it's kind of well, interesting. I mean, like it, it really changed my worldview on cables. Like just knowing about rattlesnakes yeah. specifically. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean I, I'm with you 100. percent I was totally that way for years until um, until I built my first one and I built it with all the best stuff that I could totally find. And I plugged it in. I was like, oh man, that sounds awesome. I was surprised I could hear a difference hmm. for one. And then two, I, I love the fact that I felt like compared to my other cables that everything felt more durable, you know? And it's like, at the end of the day, you know, you, you know, you're spending, you know, I mean, you can spend, you know, three grand on your amp and cab setup at least. Yeah. For and sure. another 2,500 bucks on a guitar and the crap in between. And then you have like a, you know, $9 cable. In between, yeah, right, you, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just like why? Why not put these things together with something that's you know like gonna enhance both of those things and, and make it so it's you know awesome. Um, you know, it depends on you know what world you're in too, because with cables, you know, like genres and music. I mean, I'm like I hit everything. I hit like everything, and you know when when you talk about like session players and like, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, pro touring bands. Um, you know, it's like they, they buy new cables like all the time, 
like every tour they go on, they buy brand new cables oh, just wow. to make sure they have the best cables on tour. Yeah. It's just, it's like another planet. I never even understood that. So when you, you know, when you talk about like indie scene, a lot, you know, a lot of those bands, they're like, well, I don't care. Cable's a cable, just, you know, whatever, you know, Passes a signal. um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just whatever. But it's cool because does it make start... the correct noise when you plug it in? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, but you know, once I introduce various bands, it's just like man, it's like they're super stoked, and the next thing you know, it's like their bass player is calling me up, and the, the, the other band that's like in town with them, they're calling me up. And, yeah, and it's just like oh, it's it's like I love how it catches on, you know, because it's like cables aren't cool, and I, I wanted to make them like cooler than not cool. It's <laughs> 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 pretty good. And, and, it's, yeah. and so do you find there's a lot, like a lot of world, word of mouth business then with, with folks just like, you know, um, yeah. I mean, early on that's, that's, it was, it was like a, you know, it was like a, a weird, uh, what do you call it? Ground zero effect. Like it was all of my friends, immediate friends that play guitar in bands that I play with suddenly wanted them. And I was like, that was really cool. That's very supportive. That's awesome. And then it was like this next tier where it was friends of friends. I, I knew them. I knew that they were in that band in town. We'd met a couple of times, but I didn't, we weren't like close and they wanted cables. And suddenly there was people in the zoo I've never even heard of. I don't even know who you are. And what band are you in? Right. And they want cables. And it was like, wow, that's really weird. And then, Bozeman started calling and Spokane started calling yeah. and it was just like, it just started spreading out and it was like, wow, that's so weird. And, um, but yeah, now, um, it's definitely, I feel like it's, it's catching more. We're starting to get more dealers now and, and trying to get cables into more shops and that, you know, just increases the, you know, that people can actually hold them and try them out and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's, it was, it was definitely a word of mouth wave. Um, for sure, which is, that, that was really exciting. And, you know, I was like, ah, coming from, again, from the computer world, I, I was, I got really super burnt out that everything I do is just virtual. virtual. Yeah. It, it does not fucking exist. I know that feel. It, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I started hanging out with like luthiers and talking to, you know, pedal builders. I'm like, God, you build stuff. You build stuff that's going to, like, like, like be there when you're dead. Yep. Like, it was just, like, this is a weird thing. Like, I build nothing, you know? <laughs> a power outage, and it goes away. Drive dies, and it's gone, yeah. you know? And it really got into my head, like, like, psychologically. It really fucks with me. And that's why I really wanted to build something, like, do something, um, and, and, and get it out. I mean, I don't think... I don't know how long these cables will last after I'm dead, but it might might last a year or two after I'm dead. I don't know. But the fact that it goes onward, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. They're pretty well made. I mean, I got to say, since, I, since I've got mine, like I had a tendency to kind of go, go through a couple cables a year just because I'm an absolute caveman and, and, and a maniac. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, they, they, they're very durable. And it's... it's uh, you know, like it's that's coming from someone that again, it never made a, a dime's worth of difference to me. I never thought about it in any oh, yeah. way, shape, or form. But it's cool though, too. Like you know, there there are certain people that were like supporters of like Kevin at Electrical. Yep. Uh, I mean, he was he's always been 
like unbelievably supportive of the cables and those are the cables he has at the shop there and, and he's talked them up plenty of times and that's like you know that that was one of those things where it's like ah oh, it's really great that you're helping me out and like Varellen Ben Varellen yep you know like we we build speaker cables for him that, that go out with the, the heads now oh cool and it just you know it's just cool that we can combine you know like you know common interests like musically and gear wise and you know, like I like making those kind of contacts where it's like, oh, we're all kind of doing this thing. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's it's like cool. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've I've got a custom electrical guitar company guitar going into a rattlesnake <laughs> yeah. cable company going into a custom Borellan. So <laughs> there you go. That's, you apparently, that's the perfect combination. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so where's my endorsement? <laughs> I just need like a custom cab, I guess. That would, that's the only thing that's missing is yeah. a custom cab. But. Oh, yeah. But technically yeah. it is a custom cab. It's just, oh, whatever, who cares? Anyway, so, <laughs> so what, so, I mean, do you find, yeah, is it weird dealing with like, I don't know, metal bros or like, like there's people that who you wouldn't necessarily like, yeah, the music's not my thing, but they're a paying customer and they're nice fellows and, you know, their check's clear. Oh, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts. There's, there's, I mean, Rattlesnake, the name, is kind of a tip of the hat because there's Rattlesnake Wilderness and the Rattlesnake Creek that flows into the Clark Fork here in Missoula. Yep. So there's like the, you know, you go up the Rattlesnake. I wanted to have something that was like a tip of the hat towards Missoula and Montana without, you know, having Missoula cables or, right. you know, that kind of thing. So Rattlesnake. The thing also I was really excited about that name was the fact that it, it crosses genres where, you know, a Tex-Mex blues player would like that table by the name as well as a doom rocker or a, you know what I mean? Yeah, or a yeah, session yeah. guy in Nashville or, you know, an indie band in Seattle. They're, they're all into it. Sure. It's, it doesn't, it's not like death cables, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, I didn't want to like lock, lock it down. So, it is interesting, like the the genres that you know, because you know we get like artist endorsement requests all the time, and you know, so it's like you definitely see an insane range of people using them and playing them. Like, wow, that's really really weird, you know. I mean, I definitely get stoked when it's like a band that I'm super into. And of course, yeah, everything. But you know, but it's you know, every everyone's into it. I mean, obviously, like Texas, those guys love the cables. They're big there. That's a big state. Um, in California, like if I had to pick my two biggest states besides Montana, those are the two big states. Hmm, sure. Interesting. And um, big states they are. Yeah, they're, 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 yeah, they're, they're literally two of the biggest actually. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. We can get Alaska. We've never sold the cable Alaska. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Everyone just go for they the gotta, same they got to step up. <laughs> <laughs> You could also go the other way and like you know try to try to get some bands in like Rhode Island or something to try to get uh, a really small ones yeah, also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They set up a shop at Rhode Island School of Design. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So when you because and they're they're very they're there's a lot of attention to quality with the cables, but they're also you know it's more expensive than like the Guitar Center house brand and stuff. So do you find like there's like some pushback yep. about that, like people like not understanding why that would be the case? Oh yeah, I mean, generally, I mean, I'm like I'm like a really bad salesman. I don't I don't ever like to, like so like the pushback thing is really weird to me because 
I never, I never push to get the push back. So right. if you're into the cable, you're going to contact me. And right. we're already, we're already, you know, you're already fine with the price. You're already, you're, you're already signed on. Where if I, if I went to, you know, like every band, like I never talk to bands when they come about cables. It's just like, sometimes they hear about that. I'm the guy that does that, but I, I don't go to shows and Hey, and hand out business cards. And, <laughs> you know, I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, your cable so, suck. Like Let me that, fix it for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Music yeah, don't do Shame about the cables. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, in the in the big picture though, it's like uh price range, there's definitely uh what you call kind of like the, the high end professional cable and our price is like actually below that. I yeah. mean like monster cables, you could be spending, you know, eighty five hundred dollars for a twenty footer. Oh yeah. You know? So it's like and even even more so crazy, right? And, I, I, uh, I broke all those yeah. in <laughs> in replicator multiple times yeah. over. I de- yeah. I definitely stretched yeah. that like free replacement guarantee. <laughs> oh yeah, I was one of the bad kids that, oh. that that totally took advantage of that. I would just get like the stink eye and be like, mm. <laughs> I'm like, hey, it's not my <laughs> policy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so you're kind of you're yeah, kind of you finding go. that balance between like. You know, uh, um, you know. Obviously, there's value in like hand built and durable and using the best materials. But then there's like you know, there's a point where it gets almost like a like a like a boutiquey kind of gougy thing, and so you're kind of riding between that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I definitely try to be. I try to be in the price range where it's like below that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like I want it to be uh, in the in the boutique range. But more of a you know a more of affordable price range, right. but also more hands-on customer service too. You know, or it's like people that, are interacting with me directly, and right, you know, yeah, that's that like a big a thing. Yeah. Well, and it's 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 it has to be, and you alluded to you know seeing yeah musicians you like using your cables. Like that's got to be like a crazy cool feeling to be to see like your stuff not only in action but in action from artists you legitimately enjoy is that i mean oh yeah how how weird was that like the first time that you like like what was the first time you were like huh whoa um yeah it's it's i mean it's 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 it stresses me out a little bit (laughs) because it's like you know you see like a band that i really like super into and i got them cables and you're like oh man it's just like I hope everything's working okay for him. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, there's this right. weird, like, you know, it's just like, it's ner- it's nervous, you know, but it's like, Hey, I have to just sit there and say, you know, every cable I make, I do the best job I can do. Not cutting any corners. I'm not going fast. I'm doing exactly the best job I can do. Yeah. And I have to just tell myself that I play the same damn cables <laughs> yeah. like yeah. on my thing. You yeah. Know? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, I'm building it like I'm building it for me. And, uh, so, I mean, when I see like bands that I'm super into up there, you know, it's, it's very awesome. And, uh, you know, and, you know, when they come back and they want like, you know, more, I'm like, wow, it's, it's they really do like them. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so, it's like, wow, they were just being nice or something, you know, like, no, now they want this, this and this. And, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great feeling. That's nice. and it's i mean do you find yourself making kind of uh professional uh, acquaintances that are like hey i'm coming through town on tuesday you should you know you should come out like you find like 
like people like want to like be your bud because they're like feel like they're in like a club or something now or is it something oh uh, i don't know i don't know about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't think that happens i mean i do have bands that come through and and, and it's like i mean i mean yeah it's, it's not like because they want to like be buds I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's because they want I'm, free stuff. Is that is that the thing? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, it's it's not that either. I mean, I just always I don't I don't like to hate that feeling where it's like I I, I don't want to make like a relationship bigger than it needs to be. Like, I mean, there are bands that I like, you know, work with and and and, and you know provide cables, and when they come into town, I do hang out with them. But it's like at the same time, it's like it's like I don't. I don't feel like it's a big bro session kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm honored that they're playing the cable, but it's like, I'm just, I just, I'm just, I'm more of a low key kind of dude. It's like, I don't, you know, if they want to hang out, we can hang out, but it's, I don't try to hang out and I don't really have a feeling that they try to like hang out with me on the other side. They might say they're coming into town and if I wanted tickets or something that they could make it happen. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a hard question for me to answer. That's a weird one. So <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, if you know, you come into town, you wanted to hang out, I'd be like, "Hey, let's hang out." Yeah, you know, yeah. that's like a little different. It's different. It um, but you know, not everybody can be as as affable and approachable as Conan Neutron. <laughs> that that is true. That is true. That's going on the flap of the book. <laughs> that's going on the flap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's the problem with doing anything like really deep satire by that is so many people just take a completely face value. It's like, oh no, you don't know, <laughs> honey. No, you don't understand. <laughs> don't worry, I'm punching like two, like uh, two, I'm punching like twenty IQ points above myself. Don't, it's, it's not a big deal. But like, that's not you didn't get that. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so with with the rockin', you you you, t- you kind of alluded to a story. I don't know if you want to tell it on the air when we when we had Tim uh, Midget on. Did, did would you be interested in telling that story, or is that too weird about the uh, about the guitar? Oh no, I think it's fine. I don't think Tim minds. <laughs> but it's quite a journey, though. Now on that show, did you did you mention that you saw Phil Cormish Shellac in Vancouver? Uh yeah, Va- Vancouver, Victoria, and Seattle was the tour, and I went to went to uh, three of those. So you saw them at a place called the Starfish. Yes. Okay. All right. So th- this oddly ties in with you in a weird way. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> so you're, the story about the the Travis Bean baritone silkworm is what we're getting at. Yes. Right? Yes. 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 Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I, I also run the Travis Bean Guitars website. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> maintaining like a historic repository of like serial numbers and information about guitars throughout throughout the you know their run from seventy four to seventy nine. And I've I've been a, a mega fan of Travis Bean's, obviously. If I went and built a website and did all that crap, yeah, um, yeah. it turns that, out you might started, like them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I might be into them. Yeah. But, uh, Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> so I remember, God, it must have been like pretty early two thousands. Yeah, and I was on the electrical board, and I saw a mention where Tim Midget. 
sold his beans and picked up an electrical. And that was the first time I have ever heard of electrical guitar company. Gotcha. So right, early I was just on, like, yeah, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. So I sent him a message and it said, and that, that thread was, you know, might've been a few months, six months before I read it. I don't know. Just someone else pointed out to me that this dude, the guy from Silkworm sold all his beans, right? So I sent him a message. He said, yeah, I got rid of all of them except for, like, one. And I go, what about the baritone? Yep, got rid of it. I sold it to Kevin or whatever. So I contact Kevin the first time I ever talked to him. And he says, I sold it off. I don't have it anymore. And while during this conversation, I order an electrical. Right. Like, <laughs> right, right. If, yeah. it, if it's that good, if it's that good that Kevin or uh, Tim Midge is selling his beans yeah, you're gonna for one them. of your guitars, <laughs> I want to check what what these are about. And they were they were like kind of like cheap, like back then. I, I want to yeah. say I paid like yeah. fourteen hundred bucks or something. Yeah, I was like fourteen hundred bucks for a machined thing, like a uh, full guitar. I was like it's crazy talk, right? <laughs> yeah. So that was the first time I ever ever met Kevin. Was you know. I talked to him on the phone a couple of times. I had questions about the, you know, like how the neck was going to be and the fingerboard and all that. And we were geeking out about beans because I didn't realize he was such a bean dude. Oh yeah. And yeah. you know, that, that was like, that was our first little conversation. And then, you know, when I asked him about that baritone, because I was like, I want that baritone because I was, I'm playing around with like bass sixes and doing baritone and all sorts of stuff. And I mean, I love that sound. And he's like, yeah, I sold it like New Brutalism or something like that. And I contacted, found that guy, and he sold it. <laughs> and now he doesn't remember where he sold it, right? Oh, God. right this is right. all like, with, it's like, it's all within one or two years. I'm like, oh, the, the white whale is gone, you know? <laughs> gone. So fast forward, like, I don't know, four, five, six years later, I get a message from this guy who's in Canada and says, hey, I bought a bean and I heard this used to be Silkworm's bean. It tells me the serial number. It is. It's the baritone. <laughs> I'm like, dude, if you want to sell it, I'm going to buy it. And he's just like, I'm never going to sell this thing. Never, it's never going to. I'm like, okay, that's yeah. good. And he goes, he goes, odd note, he goes, the very first time I ever seen a Travis bean in my life was at the Starfish seen Shellac and Silkworm. <laughs> so he was at that same show you were at. Oh, wow. Okay. <clears throat> Wow. Right? Yeah, yeah. And he goes, that's the first time i ever seen a Travis Bean. And I go, how weird is that that you own the bean, the very first bean yeah, you ever saw? First one he saw. And you yeah. own it. And you, now you own it, you know? And he's like, that's yeah, so weird. Um, so I told him, if he ever wants to sell it, I'll buy it. And he's just like, never going to happen. And then, like, I don't know, it was like 2010, 11, something like that. Kevin, like messaged me like hey now now we're buddies right like, yeah like years have gone by and we talk on the phone you know and he's like hey guess we just came in the shop and it's tim's baritone i'm like you bastard he's like yeah i traded some stuff for it or whatever i don't know what the what the deal is so i was all like you know you bastard i can't believe you own this thing <laughs> and he just kind of just you know whatever and then like another couple of years go by and he and he wants to um sell it and he contacts you he's like i know you've been wanting this for like 10 years it's like i'll sell it to you first if you want to buy it and i'm like sold and that's how i have it today <laughs> that's so when tim was talking about that i was like oh my god he's talking about that 
the, that baritone. That's which is funny because when he's, yeah. So then it's weird. It was last year he came over to the house and, you know, and he's hanging out with me and he, I'm like, Hey, here's that beam. And he starts playing it. And I'm just like, wow, it's so weird to see Tim from Silkhorn playing the, the baritone he sold like 10 years ago or 15 years ago <laughs> in my basement. <laughs> right. Like, right. Such a weird, it was a, what's such a weird little journey. This whole thing went, but, um, but it was cool because when Kevin sold it the first time, he converted it all to guitar, all to electric guitar again. Oh, really? Because okay. there was some, there was some funky shit that Tim did to make that baritone sort of work, and it didn't really work. He's the scale is all off, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so he modified the bridge, and there's like literally a screw for the the E string to get the basically to get the bridge as far back as possible. Like he took the bridge saddle out and there's a screw that goes into it. Oh, wow. Wow. And, that, and, and the string lays on top of the screw to just give them back, you know, knock them back another eighth of an inch further back. <laughs> so when Kevin, when Kevin got that thing and he's going to sell it to me, he's ready to box it all up. And he's like, Hey, I have all the stuff like the, the fucked up bridge. Oh, he kept saddles and the, and the screw that he kept from the first time. <laughs> he goes, I still have that. If you want to throw that in the case, I was like, yeah. So it's all I want to do is get it back to be baritone. I know it's a messed up baritone. That's why Tim sold it because it's not a baritone. It's a guitar yeah. trying to be a baritone. <laughs> and when he got it, an electrical real baritone with a real scale length, he was much more happy about it. Yeah. But um, anyway, that's how, that's, that's how that story went down. <laughs> nice. But yeah, that's... Well, that so it's funny when you said you were at that Vancouver one. I'm like, oh my god, that's the same place where that guy saw it in that same yeah. show. That's crazy. Yeah, there was yeah. a. They did, have... I, I was just gonna say it was three shows with Shellac and Silkworm. It was a uh, Vancouver and Seattle and Victoria. And with Victoria one, you had to take the the ferry uh, to get over it as as wow. you do. But yeah, that's that's wow. That's that's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, what, I mean that had to been like late '90s, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Late '90s, early 2000s. I can't. Rem- I can't remember exactly. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, that's wow. <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> now, for me, what got me on my Travis Bean journey was Steve Albini, because I remember being in high school listening to Big Black on a whim. It was a friend of mine. We went to Helena, and we were, I mean, 17 years old, 16. We went to Helena to go to a Schwinn freestyle show, spend the night. And we went to this tape store and in the import section, because in Montana, I don't know where it was other places, but anything weird yeah. was in the import section. <laughs> yeah, totally. right. yeah, it didn't yeah, mean totally. it was, it didn't mean it was imported. It just was weird. Yeah. So I used to, you know, like first time I picked up uh, Sonic Youth Confusion of Sex, that's from the import. Agent Orange, import. Well, my friend pulled up. <laughs> Big Black, the Headache EP. First time we ever heard Big Black. Never even heard of the band. Mm. Never even know nothing about it. And we were just fucking blown away. And then when we started doing research, and remember, no internet, no none of that shit. Right. And got a Maximum Rock and Roll magazine. And there was an Mar. interview. <laughs> yeah. There was an interview with Steve Albini, and it talked about it. He was from Montana, and I could not believe it. <laughs> I could not. It just, it, my head exploded. Right. Steve Albini's from Montana. I just couldn't get over it. And um, from that point on, I was like, I've always paid attention to what he was doing. 
and in it must have been like ninety six. Uh, Shellac's playing Missoula, Montana. First time he's ever played Missoula since he was like left from <laughs> like high school. Right. And I was at this show at uh, it was uh, Moose's, and the first time I've ever seen Shellac. Like I didn't even I don't remember even seeing pictures or anything. I just just always listened to it. I didn't really see much of anything, and I saw the guitars, and I saw Bob Weston and him had these keys in their guitars. Like everything was all symmetrical, and yeah, yeah. I was just like. You know, trainers up front. I was just like all like, like, <laughs> like absorbing all of this. So like, what are these guitars with these keys? And I just remember from that point on, I was just like Googling. I don't even know if Google it was even Google was around yet. Yeah, I was going to say, um, you're probably asking Jeeves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jeeves. <laughs> figuring out what guitar Steve Albini plays. And that was the first time I saw Travis Bean. And I was like, wow. That was like, from that point on, I was like, I need to get a Travis Bean. Yeah. Like, how do I get one? Well, ten like, years later, you know, <laughs> no, that it was that, no. I, I got my first one just a few years after that. Yeah, but yeah, nice. yeah, but yeah, that's kind of a kind of a weird weird journey. All that's been. <laughs> uh, Brian Musikoff, uh, host of Music On with Musikoff, wants to hear more about the Schwinn Freestyle Show that you saw. Did you did did you oh, see R. L. Osborne? Oh, I don't think R. L. Osborne was on that tour. I don't think it was. I think it was definitely a, like a, I don't think it was really anybody I could think of that was really awesome. I did see the Haro freestyle team in Missoula. It was that next summer and that had some awesome dudes in it. Um, I remember there was a guy that I traded swatch watches for stuff. I had, I don't know, you're only 40. I remember 40 and that was, that was a long time ago. But when I was in high school, he had swatches. Did you have swatch watches? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. And we were like, like you know, the cool thing was to have like six of them, right? And there swatches. Were, I haven't thought of like those in years, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, this Haro guy had a, a massive collection of swatches. And he would trade like posters and like bike parts. For swatches so i you know i was giving him like swatches to get like a seat post from this guy i can't even remember his name right now but i was like so stoked that i got man i got this bent seat post from what's his face <laughs> right right awesome for the 60 dollars swatch watch that i gave him for it you know but yeah good old swatches swatches man <laughs> I, I believe that's probably the first time swatches have been discussed weirdly pogs have been discussed quite a bit though so yes. take of that what you will <laughs> <laughs> but I think when you're thinking of anachronistic, uh, like faddish devices, like I mean, pogs. I think uh, that that's something that comes to mind is just like, wow, pogs, huh? Yeah. Those 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 fidget oh, yeah. spinners are like probably another thing of like somebody invented that. Yeah. Somebody somebody like made a whole lot of money. Somebody made their fortune on like fidget spinners, and someone else made their fortune on pogs and like yeah. you know, the pet rock. Yeah. You know, like just things that. At least at least swatches kept time. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> At least yeah. it had another functionality to it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, damn. I I, mean, yeah. I don't know where to go from swatches necessarily, <laughs> but uh... I, I know I I kind of sabotage this whole thing. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. It's 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 been it's been super cool. It's been super cool talking to you. I guess the, I guess the last thing that um, I want to say is you know just, just the the question that we always ask folks is you know why do you do what you do? Um. Like, what do you mean? 
why do you do what you do like, musically? Well, why do you do what you do, you know, with, with the cables and with the with the with the, the Travis Bean nerd site and yeah. all that all, stuff? All the stuff that we've been talking about that you do, why yeah. do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to me, like, I mean, when, when when musically, I think that's a weird that's a weird thing because I, I mean, you guys probably can relate where, you know, like when you're like in your twenties, like everyone's in a band, everyone's playing guitar or whatever. Everyone's like super into their thing. Yeah. It's like it's just exciting. It's artistic. It's like it's you know you, you hang out with friends and you're just getting stoked on everything. Mm-hmm. And then as years go by, you know, it's like people get married and people have kids, people get jobs, and suddenly you look around and go, "Wow, it's like, where are all my friends that play guitar? Like, there's no no one plays guitar anymore. They're too busy." Yeah. Yet I have a wife, yet I have two kids, yet I work basically two full-time jobs. Yeah, I was going to say, you're a busy I, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can still, for whatever reason, still play a show till two in the morning and haul gear and take it, you know, take it back home at the end of the night. And um, it just, it's just a weird thing where I, you, I've asked myself, like, why do I keep playing? Like, why do I, why, why do I haul all my crap and play a 45-minute set in front of eight people on a Tuesday night and then haul it all back home and go to sleep. And and then the next day I'm going to wake up and think about another song I want to write, or I got band practice or going to record this album, or I got this tour coming up. And it's just like, it's this weird thing. Like how come I'm thinking that way where I feel like I'm like almost an outlier where it's like, well, you know, you're in your forties, you should be really locking it down and doing your, you know, doing this thing <laughs> where, um, I'm not, and and it just it just it's, yeah. it's just I just feel like that's just part of my being. Like right. I, no matter what, if I was not in a band today, I would still walk by my guitar and pick it up and play an E chord, like just play it. Yeah, and then I might just put the guitar down, and walk away, but I, I could never just put it on the wall and go. I'm never going to play this yeah. guitar. And it would just be like an years. art object on its own. Yeah, it's really weird. Hmm. So. I don't know why I do that. It's the same reason why you guys are doing it. I mean, I, I don't know because it's it's part of the DNA of like that's what you are. You're playing. You play to play. You don't play for money, and you're not playing for like fame and success. And mm-hmm. that's your job. It's you're doing it because that's what you do. Yeah. Um, cable thing. I just think I I just want to be a part of be part of music in any fashion that I can. So if I'm not in a band and I'm not relevant in some kind of musical sense, I think it would be, I would, I would feel good about being part of the music scene as far as like providing something like real and helping musicians out. That's like kind of a big thing for me. Um, I don't know. That's yeah, that's I mean, a pretty always, great answer, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always pictured myself being in like my sixties with like crazy like white hair and like kind of a weirdo, and like I'd have like musicians coming over and we'd like fix gear and shit. <laughs> like, I'd be stoked at that. That yeah, would just, we, that we, would be my kind of thing, you know. I'd be like, oh, the crazy guy fixes gear. <laughs> the crazy guy who fixes gear, indeed. Hank, so much. Thanks so much for being on the show, man. It's been great to have you. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. All right, there he goes, Hank Donovan. Cheers, bud. Cheers. Yeah.
And uh, let's hear uh, one more one more last song uh, from Magpies, and then we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get out of this. Uh, let's hear the album closer, Mood Stabilizer. <laughs>
right, that's Magpies with Mood Stabilizer. That's uh, the uh, features the guitar work of the fantastic Hank Donovan, our, our, our guest today. And um, yeah, I like that record a lot. It's uh, yeah. it's a good one. You should uh, if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> if you like uh, good things, if you like things that are uh, you know good, then maybe you might like that. You know, whatever, weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, I'm, I'm I more just, like things that are terrible. Personally, yeah, that uh, sucks know. most of the time. But, yeah, you most know, of the time, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a there was an interesting thing that came up there at the end. I was thinking about uh, not so much why do you do what you do, but why didn't you stop when everyone else did. Oh yeah, that that's a good maybe you know? that's a good follow up question. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting. Why, that thought. could be. Why didn't you stop when everyone else did the Josh Davis story? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, that can still be the Conan Neutron story. <laughs> 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 oh, buddy! All right, so there we go. You, you, you've done it again. It's, an, it's another, uh, it's another episode of, of the one, uh, the only home of the. I don't know why I did the home of the last time. Photonic reversal. Uh, and thank you for listening. This, this has been uh, episode number a hundred something. Uh, seven. Hundred seven. I think. Seven. I want to say 107. Uh, yeah, I guess it's important. I don't know if it's that important. Eh. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. If, if, if you're downloading the podcast version, look at the name of the Yeah, every the thing is, everyone's going to be like, you fucking idiot. It's this. Who and fucking cares? <laughs> 105 was Tim. 106 was Keith. 107. Yeah, 107. Good man. Trust me on this. Uh, find out uh, so if you want to listen to Magpies, they, they got a they got a band camp there just look for Magpies Bandcamp because all the best things are on Bandcamp all the time. I think it's the Magpies. You'll figure it out. Rattlesnake Cable Company is rattlesnakecables.com. Both of those are uh, some Hank Donovan joints. So get, get up, get get up on in. <laughs> what am I saying? Get up off of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> and order you some cables and some magpies music until you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> this show is called Photonic Reversal. Photonic Reversal. Photonic Reversal. And uh, we thank you for listening to it. Protonic Reversal. Microphone. Archives are radioneutron.com. We do this show every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. 6 p.m. Mountain. That's for you, Hank. 5 p.m. Pacific. Dark and lonely. Radio Nope. Greenwich Mountain Time. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? That's it. Catch you later.
Yeah. 